It is Chav Beis Thomas, Tavshin Pei Beis, the 22nd of Thomas, 5782, here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. We're here at Inyana de Yomi, although this week's Parsha in Chutzlar, it's Parshas Pinchas, and in Eretz Yisrael, this week's Parsha is Parshas Matos. Next week, all of Klai Yisrael will be reunited once again in Kriyas Torah when we read Parshas Masay. For those of us in Chutzlar, it will be a double Parsha, Matos and Masay. Obviously, in Eretz Yisrael, Matos will have already been read. And in order to celebrate this reunification of Klai Yisrael in Kriyas Torah, we have our daf today, a sneak peek preview, a shout out to next week's Parsha, Parsha Samase. It appears in Arashi in Ksubis on daf Tesvav, that's 15 in Ksubis, and the case in question is a guy who throws a rock into a crowd of people and kills one unidentified victim. The Gemara is um, dealing with the case of a, of a doubt in a capital crime, and the principle in question has to do with um, the the halachic rule that kol kavua mechza al mechza dummy. Literally, anything that's stationary is viewed as half and half. What exactly does that mean? Well, normally in halach we have another um, a prominent principle um, of rove, which means to follow the majority. And usually, rove can be used to tell us how to be no Hague, how to act in a certain circumstance. If you don't know, if you're in a case of suffolk, a case of doubt, and you need to know what the halacha is, which way shall we lean, so there's a principle that you can follow the majority, whatever the majority means in that situation. However, the counter-principle to Rov is kal kavua mechza mechzadami, which is a slightly complicated concept, but the, the simple concept is that whenever you have something that is stationary, in that case of a rove, let's say you have a majority, right? But the but the majority is not changing. The the circumstance, um, the individuals in question, or the variables in question in the case are stationary. They're not moving anywhere. The rule is we ignore the rove and we view it as mechza al mechza. We view it as fifty fifty. There is no majority. We ignore the majority. So again, it's a slightly complicated concept. We'll put, uh, we'll literally put human faces on it in a second. Uh, but this is the principle, and in this particular shear, we will have more of a lumdish shear, a short shear, a brief shear, but a lumdish idea to demonstrate um, the the principles in play here and the connection to next week's parsha. But the question is as follows: Let's say you have a case where a person throws a rock into a crowd of nine Jews and one stationary Gentile idol worshiper. Now, obviously, you shouldn't kill anybody, right? But um, when it comes to um, uh, the death of, or the killing of a non-Jewish idolater, so although you know killing in general is not something that we like doing, but that's a person who would theoretically be um, worthy of death, and the person who would kill him would not be liable. So the question is, if a person throws a rock into a crowd, and we know, we're able to verify that one of the people was killed, but we don't know which of these ten people were killed, and nine of them were Jews, and one of them was this non-Jewish idolater. So here's the question. The rove seems to suggest that that he killed a Jew. And if he killed a Jew, then maybe we should say that he's liable to death. However, the case in question is a case where nobody left from the crowd. Everyone is stationary. They are kavua. And because they are kavua, we view it as mechza al mechza. The individual in question cannot be uh, killed. Uh, he cannot be executed based on this scenario. And why not? Because it's mechza al mechza. And the question is, what, what, what is the source in such a case that when we have a doubt 
in a capital crime that we cannot try this individual, that we cannot execute this individual. So Rashi right here says with regards to Suffolk Nefoshos, when it comes to doubt in a capital crime, so Rashi says, Dine Nefoshos Lahakel. The rule is Dine Nefoshos is lenient, meaning we do not um, we do not execute the individual. Because the Pasik says, Pasuk in Bamidbar, Parak Lamid Hey, Pasuk Chaf Hey, that's 3525 in Sefer Bamidbar, which is, of course, Parshas Masay. So Rashi cites this Pasuk of Vihit Silu Ha'eda, that literally the assembly, the judges, the congregation, um, they are supposed to do their utmost to protect someone who unintentionally kills another person. And um, so this is Rashi's Pasuk that, uh, that teaches us that Suffolk Nefashas Lahakil. When it comes to doubts and capital crimes, we go lenient. So Tosfos actually argues, not in our daf, but in Bava Metzia, daf nun. Um, so Tosfos argues that, one second, we don't, that, that's not what we learned from the Pasuk of Vihitzil Ho'eda. The fact that Suffolk Nefashas is Lahakil, we know this because of just a svara. It's just logical. We learn other things from Vihitzil Ho'eda, but it says Tosfos, you wouldn't even need that Pasuk of Vihitzil Ho'eda to, to teach me that we can't execute this individual based on the, the circumstantial, uh, circumstantial evidence that we have. So... Um, Tosus and Rashi have this machlokas um, from where do we know that Suffolk Nefashas is Lahakil? Is it based on logic or is it based on this particular Pasuk in Parshas Masay? And some of the Acharonim, and, I, and uh, by the way, I thank Rabbi Rosner, Rabbi Shalom Rosner, one of my Rabbeim for life, um, who, uh, from whom I heard um, this particular Malam um, piece. but many of the Acharonim, they try to explain the Shitas Rashi, that Rashi um, goes out of his way to quote a Pasuk instead of um, saying it just al pisvara like Tosvos. So the Acharonim say that Rashi um, wants to tell us that this person, this uh, this unintentional killer, um, as as careless as he was, he should be spared b'toras vadai, not just b'toras suffik, right? If you say suffik nevashas lahakel, that um, that whenever it comes to a doubt in in capital crimes, so we go lenient. So if you want to say that it's um, that, that that's just based on logic, so what you're saying is we're sparing this person just because we are in doubt. We don't actually know if he's guilty or not. But if you have a pasuk ha'eda that shows us that al pidin mid oraisa, even more than just logic, um, this person is not to be killed, and we know that with certainty because the pasuk says v'itzilu ha'eda. The question is, what would be a nafkamina? So Rabbi Wasserman quotes two nafkaminos, um, very interestingly. The first um, he quotes regards a shor. Let's say you have a shore that gored a number of times, and this shore has to be uh, has to be uh, stoned to death. Um, and let's say we have a case of a suffix of shore niskal. Let's say the suffix is fifty fifty of whether or not this shore was supposed to be guilty. So the question is, do we apply suffix nefashos to this shore? Right? You might say if it's just a svara. Uh, that that when it comes to suffering nefashos that we go lenient. So Rav Chaim argues that you might say that the svara would only be applied to people. This wouldn't be applied to animals. But maybe you could argue that if it's a din, if it's uh, based on a pasuk, maybe the shore is to be compared to the baal, to the to the owner. And maybe parenthetically, I would mention that you you could perhaps suggest a counter-argument. I didn't see anyone who suggests a counter-argument. You could probably argue in the reverse. But that's one nafkamina that is suggested by Rav Hanumasrin. The other nafkamina has different permutations, but I'll quote just the following permutation. Let's say a person does not know who his father is. He knows one of these two individuals is his father. right? The, 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 his mother had a relationship with two men. We don't know who the father is. And he hits both people. right? This, this, this guy hits both people. One of them is for sure his father. 
but he doesn't know who is his father. So that will, now if you hit your father, so obviously you're guilty and you're chayv misa for, for striking your father. So the question is, if he hits these two people, and one of them is for sure his father, but, and you might say that, of course, he's guilty, he deserves to be killed, I'll pay svara, I'll pay logic, because one, he for sure hit his father. However, if you assume that it's a din, it's a pasuk, that the Tzilah Ha'eda tells us that whenever you have a, a single individual case that's suffic nefashos, you could argue that each person that he hit had the din of a suffic nefashos, meaning when he hit one man, he didn't know if it was his father or not. When he hit the other man, he didn't know if it was his father or not. And let's, let's assume there were Adam and Hasra for each case. But we don't. But again, since we don't know who his father was, none of it can be really confirmed. So since even though you can argue that he literally did the action for sure, that would, uh, that would be Chayev Misa. But because each individual case was an individual Suffolk Nefashos case, so maybe based on the Pasuk, he would be innocent. Um, at least Nana uh, Chayev Misa. But anyway, hopefully none of this will be relevant for us. And I hope you enjoyed that sneak peek preview for next week's Parsha, the Ezra Hashem and Parsha's Masai. In the meantime, stay tuned and stay attuned to all the fabulous Inyana Diomi. Thank you for joining us here at the database.